Trust that God Himself will teach us His word in Jesus' name. So better together, we we looked at at one, and that was better together the the common ground. So we looked at the common ground. Um, next weekend we'll be looking at the common wealth, but. We looked at the common ground. Our text, we had two passages of scriptures for our text. Ecclesiastes 4.9 that says, two people are better than one. For they can help each other succeed. So two people are better than one. Why? Why are two people better than one? Because they can help each other succeed. So that's um, the first uh, passage of scripture that was our text. The second one was in Matthew 18, 19. Matthew 18, 19. And it says that, I also tell you this. This is the Lord Jesus speaking himself. That if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, you know, he says, my father in heaven will do it for you. So, if two of you shall agree concerning anything on earth, my father in heaven will do it for you. And we saw that another translation, um, the voice translation um, puts it this way, that, and this, if two or three of you, so it's, 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 when it says if two, it's talking about with more than one person. We come together and agree. So um, this is if two or three of you come together as a community. You come together as a community, as a life group, as a department, as, as a church, as, as God's people. And discern clearly about anything. My father in heaven will bless that discernment. So, there are things that we are going through alone that we really have no business going through them alone because God doesn't want you and I to go through what we are going through alone. So, he says that we are better together. We are better together. In fact, you can actually be together and not be together. You may be together physically and not be together. 
So this teaching is to make sure that we leverage that power of community that the presence of God avails us. And we, we explained um, this weekend that for, for us to have common ground, two things must be in place. Two things bring us together. Two things must be in place for there to be common ground. How many things must be in place? Two things. And, and we explained that we have common ground, we are connected through the blood of Christ and the values we share. We are connected through the blood of Christ and, and what? And the values we share. And we saw that if you are not connected to us by the blood, you can be in the church, but you will not be of the church. Or you can be, yes, in the church, but not be of the church. So you can be in the church and not be a part of us. Why? Because you are not cleansed in the blood. So the question is, have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? That is that's the first part of our common ground. So that must be in place. Now, when that is in place, there's a second leg before we can have common ground. Before we can have common ground as a people, as a community. And that is the values we share. The values we share. So, two people can be Christians, but they may not attend the same church. Why? Because the values that is shared in one church is different from the values that is shared in another church. For instance, some churches are traditional churches. You must, they must have interpreters to interpret in um, Yoruba or in Igbo. Or, that's their values. It's not that like it's bad, but that's the values they share. Some people don't share that value. Praise the Lord. And, and we, we, we can liken it, I mean, obviously, to any, any relationship where you have two people. There must be the covenant part and there must be the value part. And the classic example is the marriage situation. So, there's the covenant bit and there's the values bit. The covenant beat is when the two people come forward in front of God's people, in front of the church, and take their vows and enter into a marriage covenant. So, they have common ground based on covenant. But there is the other bit, which is the values bit. So, there are people that are covenanted maritally, but they don't share the same values. They don't share the same values. One person may think that it is okay for my 
in-laws or the, 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 my, my siblings, my brothers, my sisters, my mother, my father, everybody can come and stay in my house. Everybody come inside. The other one, the values is I want my wife or I want my spouse or my husband. That is who I'm married to. So if those people come together and they don't have a common value, that marriage may hit the rock. Even though they are both saved. It's the name of the Lord. So they don't have common ground. They, for there to be common ground, you must understand the values you share. The values you share. You must come to an agreement on the values or follow the leadership of someone that is dictating or, or setting the values and own the values. And we, we saw the expression of the early church in um, last weekend, how they expressed the, 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 their covenant community in Acts 2.46. And we saw that they met daily from house to house and they met in the temple. So their expression of community of, 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 of what the blood has done for them, the early church, is in Acts 2.46. Is they continue daily in one account in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house. Praise the Lord. Are we, we are still together, right? Okay, cool. Now, then the, the other bit is the values, which is Amos 3.3, 3, that, that says to us that can two people work together without agreeing on the direction? So, you know, we, we want to work together, but for us to work together, we must agree on the direction. This is where we are going. So, you can both be saved and be going in different directions. It's possible. President of the Lord. Again, I mean, for using the marriage situation as an example, which is why in a marriage situation, you must work at growing together in the same direction. Why? Because if you grow apart, you are asking for trouble. Now, some people say, oh, the blood of Jesus is strong enough to hold us together. No. The blood of Jesus is the basis. But the word of God says, two cannot work together except they agree in the course of direction. So if, if one person that is saved, blood-bought, cleansed, sanctified, tongue-speaking, saying, I want to go north. And the other person, saved, sanctified, blood-blood, tongue-speaking, says, I want to go south. Where are they going to meet? <laughs> in heaven. <laughs> they will actually have to meet in heaven. Because in heaven, there's no north, south, east, or west like that. Praise the name of the Lord. So we need to understand that the foundation 
of our common ground is the blood of Christ. And as a church, when the church started, it is not an afterthought. We clearly specified our values. We say, this is the values we share. These values are going to be seven years old next month. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> yeah, God's will has going to be seven years old next month. Amazing. So from the beginning, if you were here, you will remember, you know, if you were part of the first group of the journey, we explained this is what we value. This is what we will not compromise. This is what we value. In other words, we are setting the, the, the common ground proactively, and we are saying, if you are not on board, it's fine. If you are, if once you are on board, that's where we are going. Once we are on board, you cannot come and say, I don't value a servant spirit. Then you don't belong here. You may be saved, sanctified, blood bought, tongue speaking, but you don't belong here. Praise the Lord. And on Sunday, Sunday mainly, we rolled out and explained the 12 values of God's favorite house. Now, if you've done the journey, at least you've done the first trip of the journey, let me see your hands up. I've done the first trip of the journey. Let me see your hands up. The first trip, the first one. Okay. Put down your hands. If your hands were not, is not, was not up and you are not visiting, that is, you are not just, maybe you live in, in uh, Botswana, you are just visiting Nigeria, and you hear about this church, and you just, you know, you don't need to attend, you don't need to go to the journey. But if you, if you want to identify with us and want to be a part of what God has, okay, has called us, <clears throat> It's craft disc. Yeah, somebody came up with that acronym. I remember. <laughs> you know. Um, then you should do the journey. You should do the journey. It's be- why? Because if you don't do the journey, you, you, we can't have common ground. You won't even know. There's a lot going on in church. You don't know. You don't know just, but I tell you, wow, so this is going on here. Why? Because you've not done the journey. If you do the journey, it will be clear to you, this is where these people are going. I want to be on this train. So, which of the 12 values, all of them are paramount and big, but which of them, probably when you heard it for the first time, made the most impression on you? Or which of them do you think <laughs> you, you, um, you really like to talk about or share about? When you get a chance to talk about somebody, to be somebody about your church, which, which of the values? Who wants to go? Which of the values? The 12. If you say the 12, then tell us the 12. Yes, there's a, there's a hand there. Yes, sir. Okay, I really value risk-taking. Risk-taking? Yes, and I quite commend this church on the issue of risk-taking. Right. That is moving by faith 
Amen. Even when they know that it's only God that can do this. Mm. And they move according to the leading of God. Amen. So I apply it in every area of my life. And you see the result. And the results come out loud and clear. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a big, 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 and somebody looks at the, the, what you are talking about and looks at you and cannot really say there's a mismatch because this work is too big for this person. There must be a God behind it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, thank you, sir, for that. Which other value do you, has made most impression on you? There's a hand there. There's another one there. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. So, when you mention the value, can you guys just put it up? Can you do that? Thank you. Yeah. So generally, um, even in churches, um, the, the people that are supposed to be leading, I mean, per se, are seen as being served by others. So right. the servant spirit is the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. And say, right. any one of you wants to be the leader, you need to be the one serving. Right. So for me, that's living the word. And that's, that's, I think that's the biggest right. of them all. We value the servant, the servant spirit. That's what I was going to a lot. And, 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 and that is huge because, that is huge. You know, because it's, it's not enough to say we value the servant spirit. We, do, do, you, do we really value the servant spirit? You know? Okay, so Pastor Jide, can I come and, and ask Pastor Lamide and say, is Pastor Jide a real servant? leader. What will she say? She's not here, so you are free. <laughs> you know, that, that is the point. That's the point. That's the point. I mean, could, could, can I ask your spouse that does this man really serve you? Can I ask your wife or your husband, does this woman really serve you? Why? Because it's not only in church that we want to have a servant spirit. And be dragons at home. Your servants in church, your Dracula at home. That's not what, that's not what we are talking about. <laughs> that's not what we are talking about. We, we, we want to have a, a true servant spirit that the people we do life with know that we will go overboard for them, for nothing. We will, we will put things on the line on their behalf. Not because we want anything back, but just because we want to serve them. So it's a question you need to ask the people you do life with. Do I serve or do I seek to be served always? But make sure that you've had a nice lunch. Everybody, oh, everybody's happy. You drank cold water. Everybody's laughing. You know, then you now ask the question. <laughs> Don't ask when uh, the tempers are high. Say, yes! You have a... No, 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 no. Let it be when they will be objective and not, you know, upset. Thank you, sir. So, yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think the one that uh, resonates with me the most is uh, flexibility. The fact that we value flexibility. Amen. We are not... Um, you, there's no part of the church that you can say it is um, as this is how we used to do it last year. 
this is how we must do it this year, or this is how some other Christian uh, community is doing it, and this is how we must do it, it's just to fall in line. Everything is about what is going to cause change lives. Amen. Whatever, I mean, like we say, um, we'll do anything apart from sinning to get, uh, to, to win souls for Christ. Amen. And that's very, very key and Amen. important. Amen. Praise so, God. we value flexibility and that's, that's big. So, we are not dogmatic. We don't, we, 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 don't, we don't try to preserve any institution or any organization. We don't have a sacred couch that, oh, we can't move it. This is how we have been doing it in 1945 and that's how we are going to be doing it. No, we are not interested in that. We are interested in one thing. The name of Jesus be glorified in people's lives. Shake it up. Are people getting changed? Are lives being impacted? Anything that is standing in the way of that can exit. Anything that will further the purpose of that will embrace. Sometimes it's uncomfortable, but we embrace it anyway. Thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you would permit me to pick two values. Sure. Uh, for me, it's um, authenticity okay. and simplicity. Okay. Now, um, I think what, when, it, when it hit me first was the first encounter I had with you when I spoke with you, right. and it was unbelievable that you, know, you were actually the pastor. This was the first time I joined the church. And then right. when I joined my unit, I felt like I was one of them from the very first day. Amen. Now, I've, Amen. I grew up in a different, you know, Christian background. Right. So coming, coming from where I grew up to this place, it was very obvious that it was very obvious that everybody here is just as original as you can ever imagine. And then the process of actually becoming part of the church, belonging to the church is not as hectic as it is Amen. Elsewhere. Amen. Thank you. you sorry, I, I, I just want to share. What department are you in? Internal security. Internal security. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Okay. I, I thought it was somewhere else. It's a good thing I asked you. <laughs> right. So we, we value authenticity and simplicity. So we value simplicity, we value authenticity. Um, anybody else? Which of the values? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Good evening, sir. Good evening. I, I guess I can take two as well. Yeah. Um, um, simplicity and humor. Yeah. We, we laugh at ourselves a lot, a whole lot here. Uh, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Right. Um, I, I came from the streets to church, and my idea of a pastor was you know that coat wearing pastor where everybody has to be choked up with a tie if you're not wearing a coat you're not a, a man that can preach the gospel and um, from the kind of background I come from I, I know a couple of friends that relate to that so it's easy to um, show them what Christ is without the coat so to speak um, <laughs> and, and also the, the humor we, we tend to laugh about a lot of things um, leadership is approachable you can crack a joke with leadership without uh, overstepping your boundaries. You know, um, there's no dividing line between um, they that are supposed to be high up there between, and the children. The, clergy and lady. E- exactly. You know, <laughs> Even the words have divided them. Yeah, you see children going around, you know, <laughs> high-fiving pastors and all that. 
Naturally, when you see pastor and stuff, you should <laughs> roll on the floor. And so I, I, I kind of love those values a lot. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Um, okay, so we value you more. Um, there was, yes, sir. Okay, go ahead. Um, actually, Chad took it off my mouth. I wanted to speak about simplicity. Right. It's, um, you can go ahead and talk about your own. Okay. Uh, yeah. um, when I came here, when I came into um, God's Rate House, what really hit me was the simple, the way the message is being preached. Simple. There's no. Uh, Rasmatas. Rasmatas. No additions. No making it complex so that people do not understand. So that really hit me. Then, and secondly, innovation. I think things are being done, like a Saturday uh, worship is just it. It brings out, it, it tries to, that's innovative. I don't think there, it's done anywhere in Lagos. I don't think there's Saturday night worship. Praise the Lord. Okay, praise God. Okay, so simplicity and innovation, then... Um, do you have your mic? Okay. Is there another, is there another hand? Okay, there hands there. Just give them the mic. Once it's done, if you have the mic, just go ahead. Yes. Okay, um, for me, it's diversity. The fact that I can be me, different, sticking out, and it is relevant in the house. For me, that, that really strikes a chord with me. Amen. Amen. What do you mean by sticking out? <laughs> No, no, no comments, no comments. <laughs> no low blows. Okay, yeah. Yeah. To yeah. so me, I value teamwork. Where are you? Here am I. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I value teamwork. Okay, awesome. Because by the time we are together, we can move mountains. Amen. Though I worship here for the past two years, it was on the day that they celebrate Father's Day. That was when I registered as a full member. So to God be the glory. Amen. Thank you. Amen. 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 Thank you. Okay. Um, I will talk about diversity because I came from a very, very different background, you know, being an Anglican and um, redeemed things and no, okay, that was my um, background. campus um, stuff. And I, w- when I came to God's Fairytales, I really saw that God is here and, and the word of God is undiluted. But I, I struggled with a, a lot of things. A lot. Like I remember um, during the choir auditions and we had to meet pastor. And I, I was like, uh, am I going to, I asked him some questions. Am I going to do that too? And, he said, if you like, you, you can. If you like, you, you won't. So I cannot imagine coming to church without covering my hair because in Anglican church, you, I, mean, I don't want to mention, okay, I shouldn't mention names. You know? In some churches, you will even <laughs> <Some> have... <churches. laughs> yeah, yeah, we do, we do, but go on. Yeah. You, you even have, um, you know, ushers with um, scarves and in case you came um, and you made a mistake, you have to, you know, do something about it. If not, you will not be able to enter the church. And when I came here and I saw that if you like, you cover your hair. If you like, you don't cover your hair. I was really, really surprised. And 
eventually I got to see that all these things are just a shadow and but it took me a very long time to, to accept it. And then you come to church and you see somebody with dreads, especially a guy. So it, it, looks like, it looks like they're not meant for a church, like it's a, street, it's, a, it's a street or club thing, that kind of thing. And then you, you, you come and you see them. Worshiping. You, yes, when you get very close to them, you see that they really know God. And then I, I would like to talk about my friend, my very, very good friend, Tutu. You know, the first day I saw Tutu, I looked at Tutu like, oh, this girl is vain. But when I got very close to Tutu, she knows God more than me. I had to learn a lot of things from her because she's been through a lot. And where she is now, when she's telling me about it, because I didn't fight a lot of those battles. So I, I didn't know. So when I got closer and I saw how well she has been to mountains, I said, eh, so... The, all these things that I'm seeing, she's just, you know, having fun and just being beautiful for Jesus. Amen. So, <laughs> all those things really, really, you know, um, they, they changed me a lot. And right now I see that being close to God is not a matter of Atwood appearance. how many, oh yes, that is it. Yeah. Outward appearance. You see, men always look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. We may look um, playful on the outside, but we are warriors on the inside. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, in fact, I think it is, it is even a, it's a big plus because people tend to underrate us. And before they know it, we are gone. You know, you know, just take Tutu's example. Look at this chick that's just every time, she's just like everything, you know. But when she engages for you, Ah, you know that uh, there's something inside. Praise the name of God. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. Um, um, somebody else that I've not spoken, yes, <laughs> we'll, we'll probably take that also, Pastor Balaji. Uh, sorry, Pastor Jide. Um, yes, Pastor Nina. Let's have that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. For me, humor stands out. Um, Humors? Humor. Humor okay. stands out. Okay, humor stands out. Okay, great. Okay. Um, the first time I heard it, I really did, uh, don't see myself as someone very humorous or laughed at all right. the jokes around. But um, humor has some, is something that has helped me. We don't take ourselves seriously. Right. Uh, I was going to um, an interview, and I told myself before going into that interview that, really, it's not about me. It's about God. In GFA, you don't take ourselves seriously. And this has helped me in various ways. When I'm in a particular situation, I just tell myself, no, it's not about me, so I don't take myself seriously. Amen. Amen. It's about God. It's for God's glory. Praise God. Um, yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, what stands out for me, uh, I think Jeffrey is just wonderful. and It has Amen. been an awesome journey, and it still is um, authenticity and no small dreams. Um, I always remember, pastor always says, unto thyself be true. It guides me a lot. You know, so I don't just go with the flow. I have to be true to myself. I ask myself a lot of questions. Am I being true or am I acting? Am I fake? If I was, you know, doing something out of what I should 
do, I, I have something that is telling me, unto yourself, be true. Be real. Be real in church. Be real at home. Everywhere you go, be who you are. And that has guided me a lot. There are no small dreams. I mean, God's favorite house is just, you know, awesome. We have an awesome, awesome daddy. He's just, you know, he can believe God and walk on water. <laughs> so we just have to follow. And it has been a wonderful journey. I, I remember when we just um, started church back there in TOD. I remember when we were placing our hands on the wall. We are calling forth the aces. I've never seen that in my life. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> I said we are following, so let's just follow. So we lay our hands on the wall and we say, AC, come forth. In you the know, name of, of Jesus. Jesus. AC, comfort, cheers, comfort. You know, we were praying in <laughs> unbelievable things, you know, and, you know, it has so built up my faith. I can believe God for anything. And it has been awesome. Praise God. Hallelujah. Awesome. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> there's a hand there. Okay, we'll give you the mic. Uh, we'll come back to you, Pastor Jide. Let's listen to someone that has not spoken. Um, yes, sir. Yes, um, I'm a friend of the church. Right. So, I'm always here sometimes. I, what I notice is that uh, there's no preferential treatment for anybody in this church. Hmm. Everybody is being treated the same. And I like that. Because in some other churches, when probably some special ministers of God is around, they want to arrange some special seats for them. But that is not the case in this church. So I just, and I, I like that aspect. You know. <laughs> yeah. He's a special minister of God. So let's arrange uh, <laughs> seats for you. You know, I mean, I think the book of James, when, when, when one of us says that we shouldn't show favoritism, you know. Honor people, I'm not saying dishonor people, but everybody is equal before God. Thank you, sir. Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Since you permitted others to say two, so I can say my second uh-huh. one. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> um... <laughs> No gossip. For me, yeah. that's a big, big, big deal. Um, sometimes last week, I exited um, my family. That's my delay, my last name family um, WhatsApp group. And it cuts across three generations. When I mean, a few grandchildren. And the reason I ex- exited is that when you talk to A or you talk to B, they are talking about each other. But when they see each other, they don't say anything. Mm. So for me, that's just very negative. That's just not. So for the fact that zero gossip, if you have an issue, bring it up. Not to go and say, hey, oh, you did hear that. That's a destroyer of spirits and a destroyer of relationship. Absolutely. Amen. In, in God's favorite house, we have zero tolerance for gossip. We don't, we don't do gossip. The people that do gossip, they find it very uncomfortable here. Very uncomfortable. Why? Because if we catch you, the way we will deal with you, it will be like you have stolen from Central Bank of Nigeria. So we don't do gossip. Nobody is perfect. People have issues. You are not here to talk about people's issues. Oh, don't you know? Ah, that person. Hmm, you see, Bele, she never married you. It's not your business. 
you think it is happening, hand it up. I'm not saying that you should ignore evil. Don't get me wrong. So you, saw, you see something that is negative, hand it up. Talk to your leaders if you're, if you're serving. If you're not serving, report to any of the pastors. Once you've handed it up, leave it alone. If you go from place to place to place gossiping, we will hear, because that's how gossip is. And when we hear, you'll be in trouble. In fact, we have someone that exited at this very senior level in church because of gossip. She was neck into gossip. I got to know about it. She knew that I was not going to spare anybody, and she left church. And I said, keep running. Keep running. Why? You don't belong here. You, it may sound hard, but you see, if you see how gossip destroys believers, you will know that you can't even toy with it. Praise the name of the Lord. You can't toy with that at all. Okay, so, and that is part of um, teamwork. None of us is stronger than all of us. So, none of us should tear anybody apart from behind. Pray for somebody that you see that has a problem. Pray for them. Pray for them. Is that too hard to ask? Okay. <clears throat> Any other value? Yes, please. There's an one there and there's another one there. So, have we, have we covered all the values? We haven't. Yes, please. I know we, we said that we should, the one that makes, that, that makes most impression on you, but, you know, try and talk about the one that makes most impression and something else that we've not talked about. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, one of the things I noticed about Pastor is that he's constantly reading, continuous learning, and, you know, when he teaches, it's obvious that, I mean, Pastor has been reading, and for me, I really appreciate that in him. You know, continuous learning, and, you know, we are trying to emulate him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Constantly reading, continuous learning, it's, it's huge for us. Thank you for bringing that out. There's a, there's a hand there. You have the mic. Go ahead. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. For me, one of the um, things that I've seen that have really impressed me is um, the prayer section. When we do, um, God will do it again, the preparation to that. I came from a background where, you know, we're heavy in prayers. So when I first came to church, I was just looking at things, you know. I was wondering, I said, these people, do they pray? Do they fast and all that? Do you know how to pray? I, said, I don't know what I can, you know, cope here. They don't really pray. But during the fasting and prayer section, I was like, wow. Because I used to look at pastor and say, this one is a Jebel pastor. <laughs> <laughs> but I was amazed, you know, all the fasting and the prayer. I was also stretched. For me, that is... One thing that I really, really, you know, bugged me that I was like, this church is really, really the depth, the spiritual depth. And then another thing is the informality. You know, you can walk to anyone. There's a near absence of hierarchy. Um, a lot of people talk about diversity, but me, for me, the most interesting part is the inclusion part of diversity. Right. We are different, but 
your suggestions, your idea, your discussion, even to pastor, you know, is respected. For me, that's, that's really great. Right. Right. Thank you, sir. I'm Thank here. You, sir. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. I want to talk about the one that made the, an impression in me mostly. Um, and that is that of no gossip. I wanted to be really sure because I was battling. I know there's a value of no gossip, but I wanted to be sure if there is a value so I don't make mistakes saying something else. Right. I heard it during the journey before now, and in my mind, I was doubting how possible that could be in a big church like this, and nobody's gossiping about anybody. I don't know. Because where I came from, where you have these deacons and deaconesses, they, you know, women are so much very good in picking a, 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 another child, and they gossip about slander the person. Sometimes they will even cut you off from other children so they don't corrupt you. That's what they say. So I was thinking how possible that could be. But when I started the church and the journey, I found out that everybody was just focused. And it got me focused also. So when there is an issue I want to know about or maybe ask questions, what draws in my mind? No gossip. So I, I stay focused. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. But you are very new in church, and you've done the journey. Ah, ah, let's clap for Let's clap for For people are here for... Uh, <coughs> 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 no comment. Okay. Um, yes, sir. Okay. Um, I think we've covered all, but I don't think anybody has talked about commitment. Commitment. Yeah, yeah. commitment. Um, one example I just give straight up. Every day of the week... Someone is praying for other people in church. Amen. I mean, commitment doesn't come. <laughs> as to, I mean, that's as tough as it gets. Amen. Whether they like it or not, whether their spouse wants Amen. it or not, whether they are feeling bad or feeling good, Amen. they get out of their houses, come to church, Amen. and they pray for other people. Amen. That is commitment. That's, that's big. That's big. That's big. Amen. Okay. Ah, okay, Ma. So we take that and we roll. Okay. Okay, we take that and that and we roll. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The preaching of the word is real. It's deep. Amen. And I always appreciate it because it, make, it takes me back to my background. And I went to a seminar in one of the big church churches. So at that seminar, somebody told me I have to change to their church. I said, eh. Hey, how will it be? I'm in my church and I cannot change. He said, where is your church? I said, GFH. God favorite house. I said, I cannot leave that church. As of today, oh, I don't know of tomorrow. Maybe I will, oh, but as of today, I cannot join any other church. He said, ah, who is your pastor? I said, you don't know GFH in this, Lekki, in this Lagos? You have not known the church. He now said, Hey, Pastor Femi's church. Ah, ah, ah. You can't leave that church, oh. Because the way that man used to preach. Ah, you can't, oh. I came to the record, the time they preached the recovery. I could not go to my church. So I was in that church that day. And if you see the way the man pieces the recovery. Ah, if not that I'm a child in my church, <laughs> ah, I will have changed. I say, that one alone. And at times when God talked to me, was a time I was telling God I'm tired of fighting war because it's too much for me. 
told God, I'm not fighting war again. If there is anything you, can, you want me to do, I will do. But I'm tired of fighting, fighting. Immediately, the pastor climbed the... He said, there are some people here who are bound and meant to fight. They have to continue. I say this, Baba God. <laughs> don't go meet pastor again. <laughs> don't go meet pastor again. I vow I'm not fighting. No. When pastor started preaching, I have no choice. I have to go back. Because I've not completed that fight. <laughs> so the way you, you used to preach to us, you, the way you used to go in depth in the words, I've, not, I've never seen any other substitute. Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. We give God the glory. Let's put our together for Jesus. Okay. I, I, I wonder how people do that. I mean, you come for an event and they say you have to join their church. Who does that? Anyway. <clears throat> Not God's moving house. Yes, sir. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, mine was actually stolen by Pastor Richard. I want to talk about commitment. Uh, okay. um, largely for me, uh, when I joined this church newly, it was somewhat strange to me seeing the way people come to church like um, very early and they are like seated there, especially for God with again service. Um, I remember the first one I attended, it was for nine o'clock and I was like, normally stuff like that are like anniversary. People would be there for like uh, maybe 9.30 and I got here, everywhere was filled up and I was like, why are people such, why are people like very committed? And I joined the choir again. Ah, our HOD, uh, watchword is always <laughs> committed. You can't be like and be in church or be in um, choir. So for me, what stands out mostly is um, commitment. Commitment. Value yeah. commitment. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, it's, it's amazing how the word of God can be simple at the same time deep. Amen. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be complicated for... So people feel that until they bamboozle people and, you know, um, then it's deep. No. Okay, so those are the values that gives us common ground with the blood of Christ. So the blood of Christ and the values we share. So we have common ground. We have common ground. So the people, because we are better together, the people we do life with are so important. Because we said over the weekend that what you will become in 10 years from now is going to be determined by the people and the books you interact with. What you will become five years from now is going to be determined by the people and the books that you interact with. Check the people you are interacting with. You are the average of the five people that you spend most of your time with, you are the average. Take spiritual. You, you are the average of the, let's say, three people. Some say three, some say five. That you spend most of your time with. So if somebody, you are, somebody is spiritual level number eight, and not the third person is spiritual level number six, and you hang out with them, you are the third person, you will be eventually... Spiritual level number what? Seven. But if you were five originally, you are still struggling. And you are hanging out with somebody on level three and two most of your time. What's going to happen? 
you are going to be the average, two and a half, of. That's how to bring it home. Same thing, intellectual capacity. Who are the people you hang out with, you talk with, you just talk about different things? What is their mental capacity? Are they microscopic people or are they big thinkers? If you hang out with microscopic people, eventually they're going to reduce you to size. You need to run for your life. If you hang out with big thinkers, even though you are apparently not, eventually you begin to think big. You know, just like God's very house, no small dreams. If you hang around long enough, your vision will expand for your life. Praise the name of the Lord. Same thing, financially. Again, we are not discriminating, but if you spend all your time, all your time, the people that cannot pay their rent, that cannot pay their school fees, after a while, was the blood of, blood of Jesus. <laughs> you need to find, even if you are going to buy them lunch, you need to find people. You are going to pay, give me 15 minutes of your time. You are not asking for anything. Just how they think. How do they think? I mean, years ago, I was, I was with um, um, Craig Groeschel in Oklahoma, Craig Groeschel, LifeChurch.tv. You know Life Church? And there was some other pastor there with him um, that we came to see him but at different times, but we met, he pastors a church in Texas. I mean, the church is just amazing now, you know. But back then, I think it was about starting out too. And when he was saying, okay, what do, what do we want? You know, what, what systems should we, should they put on the flash for us? You know, I, I wasn't interested. Oh, what projects are we doing that they should give us money? You know, I mean, I didn't, I said, we were just starting as a church. I said, I've not come here to ask for money. But you should have a project. I'm not interested in, your, in it. Did we have bills? Yes. But that's not what I want. So what did I want? How does he think? How does he process information? This guy. So I was asking him questions. And I was seeing how he was thinking. I was like, ah, this is how people like this think. They don't think like ordinary people, no. <laughs> I kid you not. And I'm not saying what they are thinking is so far-fetched. What they pay attention to, he... he is so committed to his people, it's unbelievable. You treat very poor people, they treat people anyhow. They start with their spouses, they treat them anyhow. The people they work with, they treat them anyhow. The great people treat everybody with respect. So, so they don't think, when I say they don't think like normal people, I'm not saying. Their thoughts are so, maybe they are solving calculus in their thoughts. 
There's a, there's a part of that, and, and I'm not minimizing that. But how they see their worldview is totally different. How they see church is totally different. Totally different. I left that place without collecting a dime from him, without collecting their processes or their systems. I went and my mind was blown away. Praise the Lord. Unbelievable. Then you have people that come to you and they say, eh, what can you give us? Eh, God has been good to you. You should give us seed. You don't want to fight me. He says, but pastor, I've, I've asked you for seed since. I'm looking at this guy. <laughs> I'm like, ah, if you knew. You know, Jesus was with the woman by the, by the well. He says, how can you say that you can give me water? Jesus says, if you knew who is speaking to you, then you would have asked for something bigger. How did I even get here? <laughs> you are the average of... <laughs> you spend the most time with. So we see that like Craig Gushel said, every believer is a belonger. Sorry, Rick Warren. Every believer is a belonger. Every believer is a belonger. Every believer is a belonger. However, in our quest for relationship and belonging and relating, there is a path that leads to bondage. There's a path that leads to freedom. And we said on Sunday that we all start out dependent. We all start out dependent. The children here, they are dependent on their parents. If your parents doesn't give you food, you starve. That's just how it is. So you should be grateful that you even have something to eat. They provide you what to wear. They tell you who you are. They give you your identity. So we, it's, a, it's, a, it's a base point. We should start dependent. But however, because the world is broken, a lot of people are broken, parenting is not easy, and a lot of the parents are broken, you can't give what you don't have. So, at the end of the day, they give what they have. What they have is faulty. So, people grow from this dependent relationship. They are abused, hurt, broken, bastardized, and they become codependent when they leave home. So they become codependent when they leave home. So when they, they just want to leave the house. So if it's female, the man they marry, they become a slave. The woman they marry. So, so you, you don't have unhealthy 
situations. When a child has been abused, then if it's not resolved, then all sorts of things begin to mess that guy or that lady or that woman up. And they are driven to a codependent relationship. And codependency is bondage, really. It's bondage. What a lot of us fight for, what a lot of us want, is actually to move from dependency to independence. To move from dependence to independence. We want to be independent. Mostly. But people that are codependent cannot be independent. Why? Because they are somebody's slave. And when you are in a relationship with someone that is not um, secure, the person seeks to make you codependent on them. So we have wives that until their husband becomes their puppet, they will not rest. They just want a puppet. Or you have husbands that until their wives become their slave, they are not satisfied. Unbelievable. So, that's called dependence. Now, really, independence is actually not even where God wants to take us. It's a step towards where we are going, but it's not where God wants to take you. So where does God want to take you? God wants to take us to interdependence. 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 So, when you have, when a mom that is, that has been dependent and has been bruised, have a child, the, the mom can actually be codependent on the child. Because the mom is afraid of, of loneliness. So, even when the child now becomes a man or, and, and gets married, the mom must walk away into the, the, the marriage. This is my son. You marry him, you marry me. I mean, you, I'm sure you heard of all those kind of stories. You know, why? Because I is the one I labored over him. Have you heard that before? He is my pension. I've invested and I must eat my pension till I die. Any girl that will not allow that fall down. Uh, <laughs> Codependent situation. But you see, where God really wants us, and again, we, we, we've not, we've just, we've, we've gotten, we've not even gotten, we've gotten deep into the message actually, but you know, we've not even covered all the message. There's so much. What, what God really wants for us is interdependence where I have gone through dependency, I have moved into freedom, I've gotten independence, rather, 
Because this is actually, this is freedom actually. I've gotten independence. Now I'm moving into freedom. So it's not just to be independent. If you, if you, if you stay in just being independent, it's, 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 it's okay, but it's not great. Interdependence is saying, I know who I am. I know the value that I bring. This is my contribution. And the people you are doing life with, they know who they are. They know the value they bring. This is their contribution. So two are better than, than one. In a codependent relationship, two are actually less than one. Because one is feeding on the other and it's like a parasite, basically. And the other needs the person to be parasitic because that's how they feel valued and important in life. So, the outcome of that relationship will be less than one. But if both are secure in themselves, both are bringing stuff to the table, both know that I can't do without you because I need you to fulfill my destiny. You can't do without me because you need me to fulfill my, your destiny. And this is how it's going to work. This is what I am bringing. And this is what you are bringing. And when we come together, two are better than one. Then you have freedom. You are free. Well, that's a good place to clap, in case you missed it. I'm just saying. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay. Um, we need to pull the curtain here. Um, obviously, if you were here on Sunday, you know that there's so much more um, to distill down, but um, we'll pull the curtain here. Do we have any questions? Has this been valuable to you? Okay, great, fantastic. Do you have any questions? Clear, as clear as can be. Okay, there's a, there's a hand there. Praise the Lord. Uh, I understand the part where you said from dependent uh, to codependent. Right. Are you actually saying one can actually move from dependent to codependent and at the same time move from dependent to interdependent? No, oh, no, no, no. I'm saying there are two uh, parallel lines. <clears throat> from, from when you are living dependency, yes. you are either going to codependency or independence. Independent, yes. yes. That's, what, that's what I mean. It's, it's one of the other. So, when you move from here, you are either going here or going here. When you go here, you are stuck here. Or the person is stuck here. And this is an unhealthy situation. Right? But when you move here, this is where the next step, actually. The child, that's why your children, I can do this by myself. You don't, I mean, this that you want to wear their socks on them. No, 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 I can do it by myself. So, I mean, get to a point where you enter your daughter's room and she wants to change. And she's waiting. I say, Dad... I'm like, change. says, no, leave my room. I'm like, okay, I'm leaving. So what, what's, what's your daughter telling you? 
So we, we, we move towards independence naturally. When it's done in a healthy way, we land here. When it's done in an unhealthy way, we land here. Do you understand, sir? Yes, I understand. Okay, thank you. Yes, sir. Okay. You ask Pastor Richard, then take the mic to him. Um, quickly, yes. Okay, sir. Um, uh, Codependent, um, you mentioned about um, using the analogy of spouses and yeah. the wife uh, become, looks for a husband that she could have as a puppet or the husband looking for a slave from a wife. Right. Um, I think what, what practical steps can um, be used to help such people that have become mature, codependent people? Both of them becoming independent. Right. Um, it's counseling. It's counseling. So we said on Sunday that by the grace of God, we are raising a team of pastors that are counselors. We are, they are undergoing training. It's going to be fantastic. We are going to ask at the in-house training. We are going to get people to come in from the U.S. and from different parts of the world to train them, you know, so that, to train us so that, you know, we can, you know, be um, effective to the body of Christ. So, counseling and guidance will help. Yeah. It can be uncomfortable, obviously, because it means that you are going to, you are going to shred your life open. <laughs> then you are going to be vulnerable. Then you can now begin to move towards independence. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. I think you've answered the question because my question is in the same line. Okay. But I'm looking at a practical example where for some reasons the, the one of the spouses is dependent on the other. Most likely the wife is dependent on the wife, especially financially. And then the man begins to use that to manipulate the, the partner. So the partner is codependent, not by her choice, but by circumstances. The fact that you are dependent on your husband for financial support does not mean you are codependent. It doesn't mean you are codependent. You see, you could be dependent on your husband for financial support because of mutual agreement. That, okay, the stage of life our children is in. I need you to be free. You can do business or what have you, but it's, not my, it's my call to take care of you and the family, right? And you are doing that. So she's actually contributing something. So the fact that the man is contributing finances doesn't mean she's not contributing anything. She's contributing emotional support from the man. She's making him sane every time he comes home from battle. She's putting food on the table, taking care of his children, making sure the atmosphere is conducive for prayer. When you're fasting, she makes sure nobody disturbs daddy. I mean... <clears throat> so it's not a codependent relationship. However... Some men, when they provide financial support for their wives, based on that domestic arrangement, they demand codependency because of ego, because of arrogance, because of control, because of insecurity. So when that is the case, the onus is on the wife to say, no, I'm not going to go that route. Because you cannot be codependent without your permission. So, when the wife says, no, I'm not going to direct you, you have conflict. You have war. <laughs> if she says, but if, if, if there's a counselor or there's a pastor that is 
helping them, then you can come in and say, oh, God, cool down, yeah, cool down. Yeah, this is how it is. And guide them. And things will be fine. But if they don't have that guidance, it can rock the boat. Then you now have value issues. Does that help? Perfect. Yes, please. Okay, so we take that question. Any other question? Contribution? Okay. Contribution before question. Any other question or contribution? Contribution. Yes. It's God. Hallelujah. Um, what came to my mind is um, parents and their children. You know, I think sometimes there's this tendency of almost trying to be overprotective. And even when they want to start stepping out, we are still holding them, <laughs> right. holding them, you know, bound. And um, I just I'll give an example of my daughter on her own volition. She said she wants to walk. Right. That was a big one for me. <laughs> so you want to walk. That means you'll not be really exposed to <laughs> real life. You're going to meet real people. You know, real things will be happening. You know, it's, I didn't want to show that I was emotional about it, but I mean, I felt it, but I was happy that, okay, let her go out and, you know, get queries if she does something wrong. Absolutely. You know, and all that, you know. So I just want to encourage parents, you know, we should start making up our mind to allow the children, you know, to find their personality Absolutely. and not impose what we want them to be. Absolutely. You know, exp allow them to be free to explore, Absolutely. you know, and really enter into that um, independence so that they can be, they can make a healthy relationship when they are ready for that and actually be interdependent. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Thank you for that contribution. You know, because some of us, have, our children are teenagers, they are close to 20, and they can't go from church home. You can't go from church home. I spoke to a parent and, and they, were, they, were, they were bewildered. They said, ah, pastor, what if they carry my son or my boy? This boy is big. I'm like, and he's smart and he can do it. In the case of a lady, that one, the girl, the first time she went home, the mother said, oh, pastor, can, I, can somebody please follow her? I know we live in a very, very... Um, interesting society. And I know that we shouldn't take the safety of our children, you know. However, however, we should not cage them. We should allow them to be strong. Because the people they are going to compete with, you will not be there. Those people will be strong. Uh -huh. And our children must be the head and not the tail. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Finally, question. Pastor, I have a basic understanding of what you mean by independence, but please, can you personify your definition of independence? Okay. Do you understand dependence? you understand dependence? Okay. Independence is just basically the opposite of dependence. So, um, I am, when I was in school, when I was growing up, let's take an aspect of life. I was financially dependent on my mom, you know, to support me through school, to give me pocket money, you know, and stuff. 
when I finished school, I, everything in me didn't want to collect anything from her because I think she has tried enough. And I went through one year of not having a job. It was like hell. And I was living in a house and I would wake up and I'm like, what am I doing here? I should be giving this woman. I should say, it's okay, take. You know, and it used to bother me until God made a way for me and I got a job and I became financially independent. So, I was dependent financially, I became independent financially. In other words, I can take care of myself without relying on my mother or the person that used to take care of me. So that's why I, don't, I, I find it difficult to understand men that will sit down and they will eat food that they have not provided, that their wives have worked for, and they will still be fighting. I don't get it. I'm sorry, I don't get it. Yes, I'm not saying... I always put this when I talk about this. Yes, life is not a straight line. Yes, people go through different patches. Yes, there are times things may be tough. But they should, something in you should rebel against it. This is out of order. I thank you for your support, my dear wife. But one day, this is going to change. And you keep working at it and praying, and it will change in Jesus' name. Then you can apply that to emotional dependence. Every time I want to make a decision, I run to mommy. What course should I study? I take my jam form to her. What's the... It's mommy. It's daddy. It's mommy. Then... I want to make a decision with my family. She doesn't know. She comes and says, how do people do this? I say, you have done it. So that's independence. But if I now need to make that decision and I still go back to her, something is wrong. So there's a time that you should be independent normally because Paul was saying that there's a time you ought to be teachers. Then you still have need for people to be giving you milk. Something is wrong with that. Are you fine? Fantastic. Okay, let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. Let's pronounce God for the Lord for his word. Amen. Let's burn our hearts and burn our heads. And let's just talk to God for about what we have heard. And let's just say, Father, thank you for opening my eyes to see. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You may be here and you're like, you don't even have a relationship with God. You just started your work with God. And you're saying, I want to start my work with God today. I used to be born again, you backslidden. You're like, Pastor, can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Wherever you're sitting, God is you. Put up your hand now over your head quickly. I want to give my life to Jesus. Thank you for the hand that is up. Anybody else? I want to give my life to Jesus. Put up the hand. I will pray together. If your online instructions are scrolling, Father, we pray for everyone that is surrendered to you today. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you breathe upon them, Lord. Change his lives totally. 
and let your name and your name alone be glorified. Lord, we pray for every one of us. We've heard your word. We ask for the grace to be doers of your word. In the mighty name of Jesus. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Oh. Oh.